Welcome to Plowing Through Brexit, Farmers Guardian's Brexit podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest Farmers Guardian Plowing Through Brexit podcast with me, Will Evans. And me, Abby Kay. Today we've got two great guests on the line to talk about Open Farm Sunday and why it will become more important than ever after Brexit. First up, we've got Jeremy Padfield, who's an arable and beef farmer from Somerset. Hi, Jeremy. Hi. And Ian Piggott, who's an arable farmer from Hertfordshire and also the founder of Leaf Open Farm Sunday. Hi, Ian. Hi, Will. Hi, Abby. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Um, right, Ian, let's start with you then, seeing as this was all your idea in the first place. Perhaps you can briefly explain the concept and how the whole thing came about. OK, um, well, it, I mean, it's quite some time ago now. So the idea came about in sort of 2003-04. I was uh, fortunate enough to be awarded enough of a farming scholarship. I was trying to find out how other countries around the world were including agriculture into the school curriculum. Um, I'd worked away from farming for a number of years and noticed there was a huge disconnect um, between farmers and, and what people from towns and cities thought was happening on British farms. And there were some bad stories at the time. You know, we had swine fever and BSE. And I think I don't think British farming, if it reflected, was doing a particularly good job at, at actually telling the good news story that was out there. So I came across a small group of dairy farmers, actually, just outside Copenhagen in Denmark. And they were opening up on a, on a given Sunday in August. And I just thought, do you know what, that's such a simple idea and something that, that we could all, as farmers up and down the country, get together and uh, throw open our gates and actually show what a great story British farming is. Mm. Do you think that disconnect has got wider in recent years or do you think it's, it's narrowing now? <laughs> I, we do a lot of school visits um, and, and I, it's, this, sounds, this is a phrase that I, I use to try and explain how I find it at the moment, which is I think that um, I think knowledge has improved but understanding has worsened. And that sounds absolutely double Dutch, but you know we're coming. We have um, a lot of children will turn up to for a farm uh, for a farm visit, and they'll they'll understand you know about primary production and and where different foods around the world are produced. But actually, the nitty gritty of how that relates to their life, and that if they go to a supermarket or a restaurant, the foods that they're they're eating or buying are the foods that they've seen growing on the farm. They just they're, they're not making those links anymore. So I I think the work we need to do is actually that it's more important now than it's ever been. In those early days, Ian, when you first came up with the idea, how did you actually go about putting it into practice? What what was the first step? Well, I think that that's a that's a really good question, Will, and. Um, uh, you know, it's all very well coming up with an idea, but actually putting it into motion is the bit that, you know, that's the bit that really matters. And so at the time, um, we were doing uh, quite a lot of stuff, hosting visits for, for local people, um, local interest groups and trying to do some community stuff. But I was also at that time, I was sitting on what was then, I think it was called the LEAF Communications Committee. So I was already involved with LEAF. And uh, and it just seemed to me that this was the, the perfect opportunity for LEAF to really use its expertise to bring farmers together to open up on a given day. And if my memory serves me right, back in 2006, um, you know, not everyone thought it was a good idea. And um, but in back in 2006, we said, look, let's just run a pilot. And we thought we might get a 
perhaps in 20 or 30 farms opening up. And I, I think we got over 150 farms opening in, in that year. And, and, you know, so it, it very quickly grabbed the uh, imagination of, of not just the farmers who were going to host, but also the farmers that were going to help that year. Hmm. And why do you think that Open Farm Sunday will potentially become even more important after we leave the European Union? Or if, if we leave the European Union, maybe I should say. <laughs> Um, I, I think that um, I, I think that you know this is my opinion. Uh, this isn't Leaf's opinion. So, but in my opinion, I think that farming is going to, you know, we're going to have a new agriculture bill. I think without question, we're going to find that support is going to be is going to be cut certainly for pillar one, and and perhaps you know with with that support being delivered through public goods that we offer it's really important that we that we make sure that the british public understand what those public goods are and understand you know that the value that they can get from them uh, that it's not just something that appears out of nowhere that that it's you know it's created the public goods are created by british farmers and growers up and down the uk um and i also not wanting to sound negative but you know i i would be concerned that that sterling could come under pressure and with that will be some austerity and and in, in times of austerity people will will be inclined to buy cheaper produce you know if mm. there's a if there's a con- cheaper competitor competitor on the on the supermarket shelf so we've got to do a really really good piece making sure people understand that they're not just buying that produce they're supporting the british countryside and, and the wonderful landscapes that everyone enjoys so that that's why i think it's more important than ever mm. Mm. Okay, let's bring you in, Jeremy. The media profile of agriculture and food seems to have skyrocketed since the referendum. There's been more broadcast and print coverage of things like standards and policy than I can ever really remember in my life, to be honest. Do you think this is a positive thing and can Open Farm Sunday piggyback on it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think agriculture is at the most sort of pivotal position it's been for decades mm-hmm. with the Agricultural Bill and with Brexit, whichever way that goes. Um, and I think it's not just for the older generation of farmers, but also you know, we've got some very excited younger generation coming through. And it's a huge opportunity for, for to us to embrace um, what's going on within the industry. Um, and as Ian said, you know, there's this huge gulf of understanding between consumers and where their food comes from. And Having an annual open day um, with Open Farm Sunday provides us with that opportunity to try and bridge that that gap. Mm. And I think it's just not it's just not about where our uh, where the food comes from. It's it's all about the public good. It's uh, it's what we do to protect our natural resources, or the environmental work that we do. And you know, all of that can be embraced on one day of the year where everyone gets together and shares it with the consumers. Mm-hmm. yeah what about the next generation jeremy ian ian mentioned children before you, you host lots of school visits and local wildlife groups as well as having many footpaths and bridleways over your farm where you put leaf information boards do you think there is an opportunity with farming in the limelight at the moment to educate children about where their food comes from yeah absolutely i mean i, I suppose my father first started having children out 30 years ago um from the local school and we've built upon that over the years so i guess we probably run around about 30 35 local schools they don't come every year but uh, we've got contacts with them but i'd say over the last 18 months we've had more inquiries from schools outside of our immediate area uh, even private schools as well 
who want to come out onto the farm or want us to go into the schools to talk to them about you know certain things on the curriculum um in fact you know we've always generally looked at um primary schools but um we're currently working with a, a local school partnership which has got um oh, about 11 primaries but also five secondaries and they're actually now also looking about try which has always been very difficult to try and you know fit that into the secondary school curriculum but they're looking at either us going in or they're, they're bringing some students out so that's really encouraging and i think the the benefit of it, I mean, through LEAF and, and FACE, Farming and Countryside Education, um, you know, farmers have got lots of resources. There's a, a CVAS accreditation scheme that farmers can go on to learn more because, you know, that's always a bit of a dilemma. You know, is, is, have I got mm. the right farm? Have I got the knowledge to teach, to talk to these children about, you know, what, what's relevant to their curriculum? The other thing to bear in mind is, as well as Open Farm Sunday, during the month of June, um, leaf run open farm school days which um you know encourages farmers to open up to bring local schools out onto their farm yeah ian that's you're involved with that aren't you um you're you're doing a lot um of that around open farm sunday this year do you get a good response from the schools and the teachers as well are you seeing more interest from them in general yeah we are and actually the the point that jeremy just raised is we've We've, we've made a conscious decision to really push into the secondary arena for the last mm. three years. But just because I think that, you know, we're, let's face it, we're, we're doing it because we think that it's, it's necessary that, that um, British farmers up and down the country communicate with the general public. But actually, what are we trying to do long term is, is we're trying to get people on our side as well. Mm. You know, we need to be, be up straightforward about this. And so if we can, if we can, um, advise and um, make these these young students let's say from the ages of 12 to 18 make them critical thinkers so that not everything they read in the in the media be it digital or social or print that they just take it as read you know they need to they need to be able to question and if there are times when perhaps there are negative stories about agriculture they're not always true that they can say well actually you know I don't agree with that and and so it's a way through the curriculum there's currently um, there's quite a few avenues for farmers to, to really, you know, be able to make a really compelling case for schools to visit. Do you find that the secondary school age kids, have they been more exposed to um, the plant based diet propaganda and, and veganism and that kind of thing? <laughs> I, that, that's a that's a really good question. I it's um, and I'm going to be um, really apologetic to anybody who's listening that's between the ages of sort of 13 and 16. But I do find that. We, you know, the, the the primary age kids, children, they can have enormous knowledge and understanding. You talk to them about different meals they eat and they'll understand about where it's been produced, how it might have been processed. And those ch- same children, three years later, it's as if someone's removed all that knowledge. <laughs> and so we have to put it back in again. We've got to do a hard reset and start mm-hmm. again. But they, but we, it's it's really interesting. We'll often do a show of hands about you know about different tastes and influences you know who who is vegetarian who who's or who prefers to eat organic who prefers to eat a vegan diet and and you know quite often we'll get a huge show of hands and then we talk about the whys and the wherefores to you know because it's a really interesting debate and so often the the reasoning behind those decisions are really really unfounded and misguided um, and so that's you know that's that's an interesting decision. It's not for it's up to anybody to decide how and where they choose to their diets to be. It's not for me to tell them you know what's right and wrong. But it but it is good that we can have an open debate and they can leave a farm being more informed. 
Yeah. Mm. What kind of things have you done on your farm uh, on Leaf Open Farm Sunday then over the years, Ian? Oh, my gosh. Um, the, it, well, I think first and foremost, if, if you were a farmer um, thinking about opening up on Open Farm Sunday and you won't, you know, let's say for this year, which I'd encourage everyone to do, the first thing is, is to make people realize that I know Jeremy hosts huge events on his farm. And because we're in a really urban area, you know, we have a lot of visitors. But equally, you go to a lot of farms, you know, which maybe have 20, 30, 60, 70 visitors and they're equally as effective. So, but, you know, so, and, and the one thing is, is that you've got to keep change, you know, you can't do the same thing year in, year out, because it, it, it is, you know, it's a bit of work. And the last thing you want is for someone to turn up and say, well, it's the same as last year. So we've done stuff like, you know, we, with the, the, the regular sort of lots of tractor and trailer rides. So we, we also uh, get a lot of neighboring farmers to help. And that's, you can't do it on your own. You know, oh. we might have as many as 30 farmers help out on a day because not everyone wants to host but in the same way that you, you know, people aren't coming to see the new newest tractor or the, the or the biggest cow or the, the <laughs> you know, or, or the or the featherest chicken. People are coming to meet farmers. I think yeah. fundamentally that I, I don't know if Jeremy agrees with that, but I think that people want to have that opportunity to ask questions where they never normally get that opportunity otherwise. So we've done, um, we've done stuff like pig racing two years ago we had 800 people watching five pigs chase a bucket um, <laughs> we, we had uh, we've done auctions so we had an auctioneer going around auctioning um animals and bales of straw and 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 um tractors and stuff just giving people a chance to understand the value of things so that was quite fun we've done uh, bread making what else have we done sheep we had a sheep shearing demonstration but i don't have any stock so you know also, if you're an arable business and people think oh, it might be a bit boring, well, you don't need a thousand sheep to make it interesting. You know, we, we get people to bring along a few sheep and talk about them or a cow here and there. So it's, it, yeah, lots of lots of different things. But the most important ingredient to successful, a successful event, I think, is farmers. Hmm. I, yeah. I mean, you mentioned that you're close to, to many large urban centers. there, So you get a lot of people coming out of cities. But it doesn't have to be just people who farm near to towns and cities, doesn't it? It, it can it can literally be anywhere, can't it? it? Absolutely. I mean, last year I went to um, I visited five different farms on Open Farm Sunday, um, and and they were I went to a, a dairy farm where they you know had a, a very small dairy herd. I went to the Royal Vet College; they have a large dairy herd. I went to a, a small holding, which was it was just brilliant there everyone was getting involved in interactive activities but that that was a two acre farm and then i i went to a you know a two thousand acre farm so lots and lots of and, and these were some of them were in on the edge of town some were in the middle of nowhere so it really doesn't matter where you are and and you don't have to you know be planning a big event either i don't think what about you, Jeremy? You got 5,000 visitors last year. I mean, that's just unbelievable numbers. It must take a serious uh, amount of organising. Yeah, it's interesting how numbers have increased over the years. Um, a lot of that's down to social media, to be to be honest. Um, I remember, yeah, as Ian said, 2006 was the first year, and I think we had around about 250, 300 people. Um, and, yeah, to go up to 5,000, we've built it up over, over the years. Um, mm. And, and I think it's important for, for those that are listening that, um, and it has been mentioned before, that 
don't expect to open for the first year and you're going to have 5,000 people turn out through your gates. Um, I think <laughs> the, the, the best thing to do is actually Google a farm map, um, look, at your, look at what resources you've got, what fields you've got close to the farm, and then actually think, do I run a small, have I got car parking facilities, etc.? And do I want to run a small event? So it could be an invitation only up to sort of 50, 20, 50 people. Mm-hmm. Do you want to run a medium-sized event, which could be sort of three to 500 people, or obviously the larger events, which are sort of 1,000 plus? Um, and also, as this pension, as Ian mentioned, you, you do need that help. Um, you know, we're very fortunate in having lots of neighbours and friends and you know other industry reps and other local farmers that have come along. And it, it's actually been a really community-based effort because those farmers come back year after year. They don't necessarily want to we have offered it to them hey we'll come to you next year but they often resist to say no 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 you carry on that's fine we'll turn up on the day. Um, and and it, and it is important you know there's always the the diehard activities that work really well could be tractor trailer rides sort of working demonstrations static machinery but it does need, if you're doing it year after year you know it does need to be fresh so you know you can add on different things the auction one Ian, that's a good one we'll try that one either this year or next year i like that one <laughs> yeah um, no it was really good so things like tractor and trailer rides so um a couple of years ago we thought okay what we'll do we'll do the route with gps guided tractors so basically the track there was someone sitting in the seat but the tractor drove itself so it just helps Another mm-hmm. another area that you can explain about you know the the innovation and the technology that goes on within the industry. Mm. So once you've actually got the visitors there, then is there an opportunity to talk to them about policy and standards and trade and all the things that are about to change with Brexit and affect farmers as we leave the EU? Or are the discussions, as you say, more focused on your practical day to day work? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> I'd say more the day-to-day to work because at the end of the day, um, we've got a lot of people that are coming on the farm to help out on the day, and they might not feel comfortable talking about some of those areas and policies mm. and standards. So we tend to keep it on day-to-day. Um, I think if you've got more smaller groups, in fact, other Ramblers group came out last week, and, yeah, we had quite an in-depth conversation about Brexit and trade, and, and, and I think with smaller numbers, it's, it's, it works better. Um, so yeah, and I, but I think the important thing is, I remember back in 2006, we started talking about, well, this is our plow and this is our drill. And then eventually you end up with a loaf of bread. Um, so what we start with now is actually the supermarket shelf. And we talk about, this is a loaf of bread or a bottle of beer, and this is produced from malt in barley. And this is a sample of malt in barley. And then this is harvested by the combine after and then you talk your way back through so it's interesting how we've changed in terms of how we communicate the message um sort of 10 12 years ago um just to make it you know more understandable and, and try and avoid jargon which is you know we're, we're notorious for it um, <laughs> yeah we talk about fertilizer we talk about plant food we don't talk about fertilizer we talk about crop medicine and, and our crop doctor who's our agronomist um, just so that people understand, and the reason why we apply nutrients to the soil and why we um, apply them with um, you know, satellite, techni- satellite imagery, um, it, it just helps to, to tell the story about you know, how we balance food farming and nature all together. Mm-hmm. Or, or another good one on a chemical one, um, I know we don't like doing it, but if you have a spray mist, just leave it there because it's a good example showing, well, if we didn't use this crop medicine, mm-hmm. this is what would happen. Yeah, that's, black, yeah. 
You got that's a, a really good visual, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll, well, I'll ask this question of both of you: Do you get many people that come back year after year? Yeah, very much so. In fact, my parents were at a funeral yesterday, and someone came up to them and said, "When you run an open farm Sunday, we've been, we've been bringing our kids for the last five or six years." Um, some random person who's never met, and we often meet people for the first time, and they said, "Oh, you're the people that do the open oh, farm Sunday." It? Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's a regular day in in the in the calendar for most people now. Mm. What about you, Ian? Yeah, uh, yeah, very much, and I think that um, it's because we we can get a little bit sort of absorbed in putting a day on and and everything go goes with it. We forget actually how much enjoyment the visitors get from it. Just like Jeremy's just said, I know I was, I met someone at the weekend who they remembered coming on our first event in 2006 and, you know, they'd sort of gauged their, their child's, um, sort of progress and understanding and interest in agriculture from 13 years ago. And yeah, it's, it's always nice to get, have people, um, new visitors. And, and as Jeremy says, we're certainly seeing a lot more visitors coming from further afield now. And I think that's down to the hard work of, of leaf as well, you know, making, um, communicating that network and showing people where the nearest farms are to where they live so that people can visit different farms every year. And yeah, it's, um, it's really encouraging that, um, uh, you know, Jeremy's gone from 200 to 5,000 visitors in, in 12, 13 years. It's extraordinary, really. Hmm. What would you say to farmers who perhaps would like to get involved and can see the benefits, but they're not sure if the farm is suitable, Ian? I think that I think that every farm is suitable. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that actually um, the messenger is is the most important part of the piece. So if someone's resistant, if it's not your bag, it's not your bag, you know. And and mm. and we all know that the, actually what what we it's open farm Sunday should never be seen as a soapbox for someone to step, have an opportunity to moan to people that's definitely what it isn't but if if you're if you're not sure about whether you want to open like jeremy says is 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 go along you know this year and go and help at someone else's farm uh, that's the best way to perhaps dip your toe in the water um and and also to perhaps cobbled together with a group of farmers so that it sounds like Jeremy's been been left holding the baby but um, you know where you get a, get a group of farmers together and you say well look you know it's nice for people to visit a different farm why don't we all support you know you this year and then next year we'll all go and support Matthew you know down the road and the following year we'll go and support Sarah on her farm and, and so it rotates around and that keeps it fresh takes a little bit of the of the effort away from the host farmer and um, you know and keeps it interesting for the visitors. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, what sort of things do the your neighbour farmers do then when you're hosting Open Farm Sunday? How do they, how do they help you? Um, it could be anything from car park stewarding through to actually running an event. Um, we're, we, you know, we're a livestock farm, so we um, have animal areas. So there obviously needs to be people there guiding people through, and obviously making sure they all wash their hands as they go through. Um, so there's, there's loads, and it's really down. I mean, some of the old stalwarts who have been there since 2006, you know, they sort of take on a major role now in running one, one sort of section, um, which is great. So it just depends on, you know, whatever they feel comfortable with, and, and that is the most important thing. And I think the key thing is, if you are looking to open up, is 
have more people, you know, have more helpers there than you think. Because anything, we're, as we're in a livestock protection area, you know, if it's silage making time, suddenly, you know, you get a phone call the night before uh, or can't come, um, you know, it can leave you in the dirt. So it's it's good for people to sort of log onto the website, find a farm that's opening up near them, and go along and and offer their help on the day. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. So before we start to wrap things up. Uh, have you ever had anything funny or unexpected happen during events? There must there must be some stories. Come on, Kwani, and you first. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I know we 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 had about 30 members of the general public trying to um, corral three loose bantams a couple of years ago. That was quite <laughs> funny. Um, and then, of course, the ban- one of the bantams ran towards someone that didn't like like <laughs> poultry and they ran the other <laughs> direction. Um, yeah, no, we, we've had lots of, you know, and you always get those great questions when you're on the tractor and trailer, the ones you're least expecting. Hmm. I do remember um, earlier on, we had a very, and we'd have like a, a you know, a megaphone at one, and we had a, um, a, a young girl ask a question, everything had gone quiet, and there was a little uh, girl put her hand up and asked a question. And uh, the, the father said, "Could um, I think my daughter's got a question for you?" To which she said, uh, "So, um, do all farmers have hairy chests?" <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. How did you answer? <laughs> Probably like I'm now, wishing I hadn't said anything. <laughs> what about you, Jeremy? Have you got any carcass? Just an interesting little story. Um, our children used to go to local primary school, and uh, we used to send like little postcards out in their school bags uh, that went back to the whole school. And the, this family came from the next village, and um, coerced by the children, basically. And this was early on, probably two thousand eight. And um, the the dad came up to me at the end and said, "This has totally transformed my attitude to British farming." He said, we're all vegetarian. And, um, you know, I had no concept to, to the work and the ethics that go into to what you do over the hedge. Um, and you know what? Those, that family now have become one of our best friends. Um, and even though Mike's still a vegetarian, he actually heads <laughs> at the barbecue on Open Farm Sunday. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> wow. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, it just, uh, yeah, that just says it all, really, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. So so where can people who may be interested find out more about it all, Ian? Well, if they go to uh, the website www.farmsunday.org, um, that tells you everything about where the different farms are opening. There's like an interactive map where you can bung in your postcode and find out a little bit about the farms closest to where you are. And it'll tell you what's going on, what activities they have, whether or not there'll be food on offer. And uh, yeah, I mean, all I'd say is um, if you are going along, have a great time but make sure you are going to a farm so if it's been wet the night before you know put the right footwear on and if it's going to be hot put some sunscreen on <laughs> good advice there <laughs> okay Travis Dudley I think we'll have to leave it there for today um, thank you to both Ian and Jeremy for taking time out of your very busy schedules to talk to us today and um, best of luck for Open Farm Sunday this year I'm definitely going to try and get out to a farm near me and to everyone listening thank you and keep your eyes peeled for the next Farms Guardian Plowing Through Brexit podcast which will be out next month and in the meantime you can keep up with all the daily political goings on and how they're affecting agriculture on Farmers Guardian's Brexit Hub at fginsight.com forward slash Brexit.